Hey guys, does capitalism have you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Then we invite you to be a part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 39 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. I'm your host, Courtney, and this week I took my cat for an adventure to the top of a mountain. Aw, so cute. And I'm your host, Lydia, and this week I came up with a brand new life hack on how to heat your pita. <laughs> this one's good, guys. This one, everyone, open your ears. Okay, let me walk Put you your listening this. ears on. <laughs> Take them out of your pocket, put them on, and listen. <laughs> Pay attention. Okay, so what you're going to do is, okay, so you know how the oven takes a really long time to heat up? It's just mm-hmm. so inconvenient. Instead of waiting for the oven to heat up because you want a warm pita, what you do is you put it on top of the toaster and you put down both of the toasters, even though there's no toast in it. But the heat from the toaster rises up into the pita and heats it up. And then you can flip it and do the same thing on the other side and do like a little maneuver to like get a bunch of little places warm. And wow. yeah, it's it's kind of perfect. I know. It was just kind That's of an amazing life hack. Yeah. I was How really proud of myself. How did you figure this out? Um, I was being really lazy. I just didn't want to put it in the oven. <laughs> lazy like, people like will I... figure everything out. <laughs> yeah i was like what else could i possibly do and then i just put it on top of the toaster and kind of went for it because i was thinking that i didn't have a toaster oven and Mm -hmm. if i did have a toaster oven then that would be super convenient because you could put whatever you want in a toaster oven and i was like but i do have a toaster and that's kind of where the thought came from (laughs) (laughs) diy toaster oven with an actual toaster so it was yeah i think that was a pretty solid life hack Someone told me that I could have just put it on a pan and heated it up that way. In my opinion, still too much work. Pans are heavy. Like, you put still the pan to... on top of the toaster? No, put the pan on the oven. <laughs> like, put the pan on but the stove But you didn't want to top. turn on the oven. The oh, oven was like, I sorry, yeah, I meant the stove top. Yeah. And then just putting the pan, putting the pita on the pan on the oven. Right. Yeah, but in my be... mind, that was still kind of a long process. Yeah. And I feel like that would still kind of take dishes. up a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't have put, like, probably anything down. I probably would have just put it yeah. back into the thing, which is worse That's for my true. family, too. Like, because then it's like, who knows what's been on that <laughs> pan? You're supposed to have a clean pan when it comes out of the cabinet. <laughs> but instead, you just got pita crumbs on it. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys uh, don't have a toaster oven, there's a life hack for you. I was pretty proud. Coming at you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Oh, that no problem. Tell us about Zola. <laughs> All right, little Zola, my little my little adventure cat. She's been like, I'm um, begging to go outside for a while, and like, I really want to make her into like one of those like hiking adventure cats. Um, yeah, so I decided that so like sick. this week was the week. Um, so after work, <laughs> I put her in her little backpack, and it's like it's not it's not a very good cat backpack it's not one of those ones that's like glass and then they can like see out it's literally just like Mm -hmm. more like a car seat and the top of it is open so like she could probably jump out so it's a little scary it's like a little hook where it hooks onto her harness but like i also feel like she could jump out and then just get like caught on the harness so it's yeah we're working with it anyways so yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we put her in the car and I kind of had, I was like, maybe this is not going to go so well because like the second we got in the car, she started like shaking and I was like, oh, Aww. all right, well, she's already stressed. Um, but then, you know, we got to the top of the mountain. I sat in the car with her for a little bit with the window down. She just like looked around 
and she started to like calm down a bit so i took her out and we like went to a picnic bench and then we sat down and she like hid beside us in a little ball for like 10 minutes and then (laughs) eventually decided that it was okay that she wasn't gonna die and then she like came right out of her shell we were going we were like walking on the little trail she was like running after me yeah (laughs) it was so so cute cute. we got so (laughs) many weird lugs so many weird lugs but i had a lot of fun it was so cute that's what life is all about a lot of fun yeah she was a little scared of the doggos but you know what it's a work in progress think of the dogs yeah yeah Yeah. what did she do when there was dogs around oh she just like sat there like she just like froze and like Mm. it's it's the same strategy that she has for salem her older cat sister when salem's on the (laughs) prowl she just like goes into like a little ball freezes. and stares at her and just freezes she won't move <laughs> yeah so we just have to stand she there and just wait until she was done statue. <laughs> and it works and it works because she's so small that like so especially the dogs they were like yeah. oh they didn't yeah dogs are dumb i think because they didn't even notice like aren't they supposed to be able to smell those things none of the dogs yeah yeah <laughs> they just don't care and then <laughs> um when we got <laughs> when we got home she um proceeded to sit by the front door at three o'clock in the morning and scream for an hour because oh. she wanted to go back outside at three in the morning oh. when it's dark. So that was fun. <laughs> she has no concept of time. It's totally no. okay. She's like, time she's, to go she's back. She's an indoor cat. She doesn't know it's nighttime. <laughs> she thinks nighttime only happens inside and outside is always daytime <laughs> and always fun. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. Ignore Thanks. all the people giving you weird looks. Thanks. I was like, they you're walking your dog. Jealous. Yeah. Why are you giving me a weird look? I'm just walking my cat. Look the other you way, have a dog sir. on a leash, sir. <laughs> dog on a string. <clears throat> dog on the end of a string. Yeah. Like, think about that for a second. Come on. Uh, that's so cute. I'm, I'm sure they were just, like, shocked. They're like, wow, normally we see dogs. Cats. What is that? What is that? It's becoming the norm. There's a lot of I people so. who are doing it. So I think that eventually, like, you're a trailblazer right now. You're doing the work that. that a lot of people don't want to put in. You're the that. early adapter of the catwalkers, you know? <laughs> Somebody write about totally me in the history books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How the cat harness took over the world. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. That All sounds right. like a lot of fun. All right, guys, now is the time of the podcast where we talk about the poll from last week. The poll is every Wednesday slash Thursday on our Instagram at very.unimportant.people. Best way to interact with us. So make sure you get on there and vote in our polls. So last week, as you may or may not remember, we talked about uh, panspermia and lizard people. (laughs) (laughs) On theme, as usual. Like, we don't... I love it. Let's go. So the first question on the poll was... Is it possible there was an alien Bezos who we owe our existence to? And 100% of you said yes. (laughs) 100% of you? Damn. Damn. You guys are crazy. I, yeah, I love the support. I gotta, I gotta believe that not all of you listen to the podcast, but I appreciate that you just support us without any context love that yes yes it's really sweet (laughs) all right and the next question is do you believe in the existence of lizard people which a hundred percent of you also said yes to i love that they said no what oh no 100 percent said no (laughs) 
that's awkward for us. But I mean, that's <laughs> Ooh, some dot, logical dot, dot. reasoning. Um, sounds mm-hmm, like you guys mm-hmm. are rational people who are not easily sucked into conspiracy theories. So Love that. good for you. Good for you. We got some. We got, we got a good following here. <laughs> the next one was, is putting bacteria on the ISS in space to see if it'll survive <laughs> bullying or science? This one was 50-50. <laughs> some people think it's bullying. Some people think it's good for science. Are so, they the I same mean, thing? Maybe. Maybe science is just bullying. <laughs> Maybe science is just bullying everything. Science to see is what really manipulative. Good point. Like it's always manipulating a situation. Yeah, to try to get yeah. the outcome that they want. Yeah. So that's very toxic of you, science. It's gaslighting the bacteria, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the next question was: Would civilization be better off if lizard people took over? Now, none of you believed that this conspiracy theory was real, but 100% of you believe that society would be better off if a lizard people <laughs> took over. So I appreciate that. People don't do a good job at Same. leading. I think um. that's pretty obvious. Go work, people. Good work. <laughs> and finally, have you heard of the water bear? Or the tardigrades? Or the... Oh, it's called moss piglet, but I wrote miss piglet. Miss piglet. 50-50! Yeah! yeah. It's so cute. cute. And there were so many cute little stickers for the I like the one with the hat. He's like dancing. I know. I know. It's so fucking cute. Adorable. Ah. Love it. Thank you so much for participating in the polls this week, you guys. Make sure you participate in the polls next week as well. And yeah, we got a great episode for you. Stay tuned. TTYL. Bye. Bye. Shall we get into opinions? Let's do it. All right. I am kicking it off this week, and this week I'm going back to our roots a little bit, and this is straight opinion, absolutely zero fact. Love it. I have not done a single episode since our first episode where I have not even opened a Google search page, and that was this week. Like, there is no fact in here. This is all opinion. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, so my opinion is that Gen Z's slash millennials slash zillennials, but mm-hmm. I'm going to refer to them as Gen Z's, are prepared to trigger the apocalypse. They will survive the fall of society, but they will not survive life after. <laughs> no. Okay. This is such a strong. This is I a can't lot. Believe, how did you come up with like, this? Is insane. I, will tell I don't you know how you came up with this. I will tell you how I came up with this once we get to the end of it, okay? Okay. Because it's okay. going to give away some of my points at the end if I tell you now. Yeah. But I will tell yeah. you how I came up with it. But Love it. A little First, I need to preface this very much with, when I say Gen Z, I'm talking very specifically about, like, in your head, like, the TikTok Gen Z, like, cancel yeah. culture Gen Zs. Okay. That's who I'm okay. talking about in the Western world. Of the yeah. colonial settler population. Okay? The, I'm just prefacing that. So when I refer to Gen Z, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, you're very much using, like, a generic kind of staple yes. of the Gen Z. Just the Gen Z that we see, which is, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the, the loudest ones, sometimes are the most yeah. cringy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. So first, we're going to talk about the fact that Gen Z is fucking ruthless. Okay? Ooh. They're a very unique and very confusing generation. And, like, we are kind of part of the generation. We are, like, we're zillennials, so we're, like, yeah. 
straddling too so yeah you know when i say they i also partially mean we but partially not sometimes yeah yeah yeah. it's nice um, being in the middle yeah it's <laughs> nice being in the middle yeah. when they compliment you you can be like oh thanks yeah yeah i know our generation best. is so amazing and, and when they're like, like damn your generation so you can be like, you can be like yeah you're right Mm-mm. i don't know those guys <laughs> <laughs> all right so they're like super confusing because like they'll verbally assault a boomer with, like, no hesitation for being, like, racist, homophobic, sexist. Just verbally assault them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they have a vocabulary that, like, no one can understand. Yeah. Um, maybe this is a secret language. A cult. We will find out. A cult. <laughs> if you will. Um, they're all depressed and anxious, but at the same time, probably the most, like, self-reflective and self-aware generation that there is. Yeah. So they're, like, yeah. all mentally ill, but they're all also, like, really, like, mentally well. Which is confusing. Sometimes those things go hand in hand. <laughs> I guess so. Um, they'll, like, use their own bodies as shields for other people. They'll pick up, like, tear gas bombs and throw them at literal cops. But they're too scared to ask for ketchup at the restaurant. Like, oh. it's just... <laughs> you know, they're both, like, the meanest and most intimidating generation ever, yet the kindest and softest generation there is. Yeah, yeah. And it's very... But they it's won't a, yell at a service confusing. worker no. ever, uh-uh. ever. No, no. <laughs> No, you're a vegetarian. They serve you meat. They're like, mm, that's okay. I'm eating meat today. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, it's fine. I'll starve. <laughs> it's really not your fault. I know you're only working for minimum wage. <laughs> All right. So now that we know a little bit about Gen Zs, let's talk about the trigger slash the fall of society or mm-hmm. the apocalypse. And now this is if like climate change doesn't kill us first. You know? Right. There's yeah. always that possibility. Um, (laughs) so Gen Z's are, like, huge disruptors. Um, they're, like, really challenging the status quo and norms and structures and institutions in society. We know about cancel culture. You know, they started that. They're out there protesting. They're out there yelling at the boomers for stupid shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're very aware and very passionate about, like, their value and their worth. You know, they're resisting capitalist structures, racist structures, sexist structures, um, refusing to value monetary value over yeah. life and enjoyment. Okay, okay. Refusing hate, refusing to blame scapegoats, you know? Yeah. As we were talking yes. about last week, how, like, sometimes, you know, society just, like, chooses a group and decides to blame that group. Yeah. Gen Z's <laughs> choose the government <laughs> instead <laughs> and decide to blame the government. And Which is fair. Race. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, also... Like, going back to the fact that a lot of Gen Zs have, like, crippling mental health issues Mm -hmm. and the fact that Gen Zs have grown up in a world where we have been very aware of the fact that there's a strong chance that we might not survive our whole lives because of the climate crisis and that we'll have to work forever and that we'll never be able to retire and that we'll never be able to buy a home like these are all very depressing things to grow up in so gen z as a generation has like very little to lose (laughs) very little to lose (laughs) and a whole lot to gain like everything to gain nothing to lose like what do we have left for us in this like world that's a really solid point Working a nine-to-five for not enough pay, struggling yeah. from paycheck to paycheck, not having any leisure time. Like, there's nothing left for us here. Yeah. <laughs> there's no <laughs> happiness. It's just rage. It's just anger. Anger at the system. hmm And that's why, like, in my head, 
I have no doubt that with enough pressure, Gen Z will, like, overthrow our world order without a second thought. They're ready. They're out there fighting. You know, they want (laughs) to live in this world. I agree with them. Um, They're just, they're awake, they're fed up, and they're passionate. And they got nothing, they really have nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're just going (laughs) to watch the world burn and be totally happy with it. Damn. Yeah, so that's why I think that they will, like, be able to overthrow society. Yeah. And now... Change the structures. Change the way yeah, people see things. Exactly. For Fall a new generation. Fall of capitalism. Do you think it's going to happen, like, recent times or, like, mm. in a little bit? Because there's still a lot of people who, like, love the structure and, like, love capitalism and stuff like that. So... Yeah. It might be kind of hard to, like, overtake that group. Maybe society would have to start, a new society would start with, like, the younger generation, maybe? I don't know if that's completely true. They're so, they're so, like, ruthless, though. Yeah, <laughs> they're know? ready right now. They're <laughs> so ready. Like, I, I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know how they would do it. That's the part where I get stuck on. I know that they can, and I know that they have the will and the way, but, like, yeah, the whole, like, scare to ask for ketchup and, like, yeah, you yeah. know? That not afraid vibe. of like yeah yeah but they're, they're also too polite but also very aggressive <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know exactly how they would accomplish it my theory is hmm. maybe they would just accomplish it through not doing anything like oh you know like we protest. need young people yeah just don't go to work they're gonna just stop going to work stop going to school like you know mm-hmm. maybe that way a worldwide and then how does society like once all the boomers you know have to retire yeah you need young people in the workforce and if young people just don't enter the workforce you know that could be interesting mm-hmm. then it's like figure it out guys yeah go ahead maybe we'll dismantle capitalism completely we'll just watch not have to make money that could be nice okay so <laughs> <laughs> The fall of society. I think that this is the time that Gen Zs are going to thrive. Just in the initial years, like, after the fall. Because mm-hmm. um, we know, like, we've all seen the movies. We know how it is initially. There's, like, looting and fighting and death and chaos, you know? And yeah. I think they're going to thrive in this environment. This is what Gen <laughs> Zs have been waiting for. <laughs> I think that Gen Zs will start, like, communes and safe communities. Yeah. Uh, where, like, everyone works together and, like, they share what they have. Um, they're (laughs) they're young they're generally like healthy population like they're one of our youngest generations but like they're not like children so they're old enough to be like Mm self-sufficient um Mm -hmm. so survival will be like easier for them than like the older generations um looting most gen z's have been stealing from big box stores since they were young so (laughs) that's not a problem we know how to do that yeah yeah um (laughs) and this time is going to be like the biggest relief it's going to be a huge relief for gen z's because capitalism gone work gone debt gone climate crisis solved (laughs) there is no climate crisis there's no electricity there's no oil companies like everything has collapsed so climate crisis is finally solved wow Um, (laughs) so this is the most hope that gen z's will see in their lifetime during this period (laughs) just right after society has fallen yeah yeah we're thriving they are free (laughs) okay and now when the death settles this is our demise this is gen z's demise okay oh god so gen z's have been brought up 
in an impractical world that is like so far removed from actual real life that we have no practical skills. Every issue that a Gen Z has had to face in their life has been structural and systemic issues, not actual real life issues. So they are prepared to overthrow structures. They are prepared to protest. They are prepared to yell at the boomers, to call out sexism. But like, once those are are all gone, like, we have have no more skills. (laughs) Those are our skill sets. Like, okay, first of all, food. How the fuck do you grow and preserve food? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, you have to learn growing schedules, how to, like, like you know when you grow a food and then you take the seeds out and then you store them for next year? Yeah, yeah. We have to learn how to do that. Oh, God. Um, you have to learn how to can and preserve things? Yeah. This yes. is all... Remember that this is all without the internet, too. Like, I could do this now. I could figure oh, it out. Oh, God. But, like, the I could internet's going to be anything. gone, too? Yeah. <laughs> the, the society has fallen. There's no, okay. like, electricity or, like, internet or... Oh, my God. So that's how we have to figure this all out. And we have none of these skills because we have all grown up um, dealing with different issues. Yeah. We've grown up in a little... Oh, my God. A lot of people it. are going to die. We are not This gonna is what I'm talking about. Gen- this is when Gen Z... Like, they're not going to survive this. Well... <laughs> Okay, so second, we need to slaughter, clean, de-skin, and gut animals. Ugh. Do you know how to do that? I don't. No. No, obviously. Okay, I, I think I, the whole world is going to go vegetarian. I don't think that that's going to happen. There's just no but way like, that they're going to be But, like, I don't know if, like, in cold climates like ours, you can't go fully vegetarian because crops don't grow throughout the year. That's so true. Fuck. So you need to, like... I think oh we can God. figure out how to, like, I'm not kill the animal, which I think is going to be very challenging for a lot of people. But yeah, once it's going to be hard. I would be rights. like, what do I do next? I know that, like, I have to do something before I eat it. But what is it? <laughs> <laughs> and also, this is super embarrassing, but I'm not fully confident the parts of the animal that you eat. Like, what do you eat? <laughs> I don't know. I've all- I think it's fat. I'm honestly like, not sure. I've never been able to figure that out either. Is what it muscle? part of the body is it? <laughs> I don't know. Why Do is I there meat around take ribs? The whole arm off? Why can you eat ribs? I have no idea. Just bite into the arm. But then what yeah, are you it eating? It doesn't feel like there's like stuff on top of my ribs or in between my ribs. What so then is what are it? We- <laughs> is it like tissue? Like I'm not really sure. It's just meat. <laughs> Yeah, so... That's so sad. We would fail that one, too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, that would I don't. not go very well for anybody. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We'd all be iron We'd just efficient. have a bunch of dead animals, and then we'd be like, okay... Now what? I don't... I've what seen comes- people, like, cook animals over, like, like, a, like a pig roast, for example, where they yeah. just put the entire okay. pig and then but just cut into it. I feel like you have to take it. the guts out before you do that. And how do I do that? Oh, through the butt. Through the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think you cut open the belly and like oh, and like scoop them out, evacuate it. Yeah. Oh god, that's so. Nasty. I think that's what you do with like fish. Really? See, guys, this is a <laughs> real post-apocalypse <laughs> conversation going on. This is how it's gonna go down. <laughs> I'm like, no, you do it through the butt for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just reach it, pull it all out. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, God. That's so, God, we're not going to survive. We're going to choke on fish ribs and fucking, ew, that's going to be so nasty. I really don't want to do that. Me neither. Me neither. (laughs) All right. 
right. So the next thing that we would need would be shelter, which honestly, I think we, I think we'll be fine with this one. I think we'll figure shelter out. We will have homes still, you know, like they won't totally disappear. Mm -hmm. Like we can like figure out how to build a structure. We can like put stuff together. We've seen those YouTube videos of those guys building the pools (laughs) for like 12 hours. (laughs) So we can just kind of emulate that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So shelter, I think we're okay on that one. Maybe we can figure that out. Check on shelter. Yeah, yeah. We can figure it out. Um, so the next one is water. Okay. Oh, no. And, like, most of us have grown up, you know, once again, I'm talking about Western world, colonial population. Most of us have grown up drinking some of the cleanest drinking water in the world. Ooh. We have little baby systems. I don't think like, our bodies will be mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I think a lot of us will die from waterborne illnesses really quickly. Shit. Because, like, I don't think we can, like... I, I Yeah. I don't think we have any resistance to any of that stuff anymore. So if we were just to, like, drink water fresh out of, like, the stream, like, people should be able to do because we're, like, fucking humans, you know? We're supposed to be able to, like, drink water (laughs) in in the wild. water should be okay, yeah. I think, I don't, I think we would Those little parasites would probably kill us, yeah. Yeah, because we don't, we don't have resistance to that stuff anymore. The only other option is to, like, make a water filter. But does anybody know how to make a water filter? Yeah, and, like, I guess you could, like, boil water. But I still would foresee then we have a lot to make of people. fire. <laughs> Whole other issue. <laughs> fire. I didn't even add that to my list, but that's a good point. <laughs> what are we going to do without fire? Oh, my God. How are we going to cook things? Jesus Christ. And we can't buy, like, water purifiers off Amazon. And even if no. you can, they run out eventually. Like, eventually exactly. we'll have to try to figure something out with, like, just nature and just mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're going to run into issues once yeah. all of our looting days are over. Yeah, we're going to run out of canned foods, we're going to run out of water bottles, and then you have to drink from the stream. And then a lot of us are going to die. Yeah, probably. I can just imagine, like, a bunch of people, like, throwing up and pooping and then just, like, dying, like, three days later. Just because the water is probably going to be... What about the bathroom? Do you have the bathroom on the list by any chance? I don't, but that one Where? I think you can just dig a hole. Yeah, maybe, but wouldn't it contaminate the water? You'd, okay, you wouldn't put it in, like, the stream. Like, put it okay. far away from the stream. <laughs> Guys, no hope for us. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Definitely okay. nowhere near the actual stream. We'll just have a stinky mountain where everybody digs holes. <laughs> stinky <and> mountain. <laughs> We'll just reserve one mountain. If you gotta yeah. go, you gotta you gotta you go gotta there. Go alone and try to dig a hole where someone hasn't pooped before. <laughs> and if you dig into someone's poop, that's your business. That sucks for yeah. you. <laughs> we don't talk about that. No, no. keep it to that's yourself. Hidden secrets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So my next one would be making clothes and furniture. Ooh. Now, COVID helped us a little bit because people have hobbies now, and they're like, you know, like I'm crocheting. You know. Yeah. We we yeah. can make things, but. I was thinking about this and I was like, most of our hobbies rely on capitalism because like, I don't know how to make yarn. I don't know how to make fabric or tools or nails and those things you need to do your hobby. So I can crochet once I have the yarn, but like, what do I do when the yarn runs out? I can't make it more (laughs) close. That's it. (laughs) Shit. Um... Yeah, I don't know how to make yeah. yarn either. I think they or make it using those like giant spinster weavy things. Mm. So, but then our we would next need like a to fiber. make one of those. <laughs> What's what? the fiber? Like we would need to make a fiber. I guess have sheep shear the sheep. Yeah, and now then we have to learn how to shear it. sheep. Yeah, 
and spin the and spin the sheep wool. Okay, you know what I. <laughs> I'm feeling like this is a rational I think solution. So. I think I there think might be other correct. people who know more about shearing sheep and stuff like like than we do. Maybe the young farmers people, of Gen though. Z. But there's maybe oh yeah, That's true. maybe the young. I guess there There'll are still be young farmers. The leaders of the new society, you know, if there will be leaders, mm. mm-hmm. because they're also against leadership. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe we could survive that one. Maybe we could survive solid the maybe issue. Solid yeah. maybe. We'll put it. We'll put it in the middle on the maybe list. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Medical care is my next one. Okay. We're all too young to actually be doctors. No, no one here is a doctor yet, and yeah. so I think Grey's Anatomy is suddenly going to be an asset, y'all. If you watch Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy is going to be an asset. Gonna like that's like, going to be the new med cough. school. They're, you're going <laughs> to like show up at the commune, and there's going to be a little quiz, and one of the questions is going to be, "Did you watch Grey's Anatomy?" And if you check yes, they're going to be like, "Your new job is a doctor." Whoa, that's, Jesus that's just my prediction. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, because like. No, yeah, I have what no happens, idea. What happens, you know? I don't I don't know. I'm thinking about like the 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 traumatic spoiler <laughs> alerts for Grey's Anatomy episode with the plane crash where like everything just like mm. falls to shit and then they have to like feed a tube like a random ass straw or something into Sloane's lung because he had fluid build up or something like that. Oh yeah, cuz his lung collapsed. Yeah, you have to Yeah. Ugh. And then they, they, have they like open all the time where they're like, like I'm sorry, this is going to hurt. Yeah. And then they like shove yeah, see, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, but do you know where the lung is? Um, you have to go under. You have to go through I the back, which right? Rib. No, it's th- it's between two ribs. Oh, you, like cut an incision, Good. and then you stick like a hollow thing in it, and it reinflates the lung. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, nice. Then do you have to keep the hollow thing in it to keep the lung inflated? Or I don't know, inflated, I don't know like the next step after that because now you have a hole in your lung. Like people what do you just do? living with the with the hole. People just live with like a straw sticking out I'm of their ribs. Come to our commune, like a bunch of people are just gonna have straws sticking out of them. <laughs> Maybe like it's been it's been five years. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. This is another oh, thought, guys. We gotta while. bring the plastic straws back. Paper yeah. straws are not gonna hold up in the human body for very long. No, Mm-mm, you don't want that shit in your lungs. Really quickly, plastic straws. Wow, who would have thought? Maybe right now they're the straws. death of us, but. Metal straws Ooh. would work. Let's get on those metal straws. Metal straws would work amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robust. Mm-hmm. Or like the robust plastic straws that you get from like yeah. Starbucks cups. Like those could work as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need some good plastic and metal straws yeah. out here. Yeah. For medical purposes. <clears throat> Purely for medical purposes. <laughs> All right. And then the next one I have is leisure. Like, what do we do, guys? We... I don't know if there's going to be leisure. I think there will, though, because, you know, okay. I always read all these things that, like, hunter and gatherers only worked 15 hours a week. Oh, interesting. Right? And we're kind yeah. of going back to that life where, like, we don't have jobs anymore. There's no internet. Oh, God. There's no, like, hobbies that exist now. Like, I don't, you know? Okay. You can't go hobbies for a drive. Capitalism. You can't yeah. go get food. Exercise is, like, hard because you wouldn't you need don't to have exercise. enough food. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I feel like your life would be active enough that you wouldn't yeah. need to, like, work out, you know? You'd be, like, totally. tilling the fields every day. So, like, you wouldn't need to oh exercise. God. What would our hobbies be? Basket Exactly. Weaving? Like, what would we do? So, oh. I think that's going to be a big challenge. I don't 
know what did people used to do? What the heck to do? We're like, yeah, capitalism fell. What now? Maybe we would start little theaters. I like to imagine that people would just play a lot of improv games. (laughs) Maybe like art. That's actually good. Maybe people would do art. Yeah, and they would like. I like that. Make music. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cute. The fine little instruments, and like people would really get into like singing and like just ways of entertaining. Maybe there would be a comedian. We'd have a podcast, but like it would be just live every week. Yeah, yeah. We'd be like, come to our podcast. <laughs> We'd just sit and talk. That could be fun. Yeah, it could be like an interactive podcast too, where people could be like, um, I have a point to make. And we could be like, yeah, go for it. The that stage is yours. The tin can is yours. And they're like, today <laughs> are <laughs> Just using garbage. <laughs> All right, so Leisure. Thank you. Probably survive that one too. Yeah, we'll probably be okay. We'll find a way to entertain ourselves. And then the last one that I had was reproduction. Because I think this is an interesting one because, like, our young generations are by far, like, our largest generations that are not wanting to have kids. Like, a lot of them. Not everyone. Mm -hmm. But I would say larger than most generations. And there's, like, less of a stigma around it now. So a lot of people, like, don't want to have kids when they grow up. And I'm just wondering, like, how would this change once the world issues are, like, kind of eliminated? Would we reproduce enough? Or would people still be like, I'm good? (laughs) Because, like, personally, I think I would be, like, Mm. I'm good because without, like, an epidural. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good point. The birthing process. But then at the same time, birth control. People's birth controls would run out. Yeah. Get an idea, you got your period. You just have to, like, sit in a hole for like a couple days <laughs> sit in a hole <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like what did people do um i think there's like absorbent mosses oh good okay we got those <laughs> so it's like cloths you can use yeah. like cloths and just like, yeah them. that's true we'll just have to like figure that out okay true yeah so I, that one is more like an interesting uh pondering point yeah what gen z is pondering reproduce more or less once society falls because like a lot of people cite like environmental issues as like why they don't want to have kids mm-hmm. because they're like why would i birth a child into a dying world but yes. what if the world isn't dying anymore the world is you totally want fine now? but and there's, there's a possibility no of a new society yeah that's true so the death rates would go up really high mm-hmm. so it's like then you have to take the chance of like why would i have a kid if, if it's, i'm gonna die if it's probably gonna die or if i'm gonna die if there's like an 85 mm-hmm. percent chance that like one of those two things is gonna happen then is it worth the risk? It's kind of the same problem we're facing now with climate change, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that issue same does thing. not go away. Same <laughs> Different Shit. day, same problem. <laughs> Literally. All right. So to conclude, we need to start collecting books. Okay. Ooh. Books are going to be our savior. You don't have to read them now. I know like gardening books and like, water purification books are not like the most gripping things but just start collecting them you know <laughs> you don't need to, good to have one day we will need these they will save our lives um and obviously most pertinently we need a fight to preserve indigenous knowledge i think yeah. that's an overarching theme here because we are not going to survive without it once no. society falls mm, we are gone yep we're gonna be the first to go and yeah. you know what we just yeah yeah 
and they helped us once before and we fucked it up they might not do it again but like that's a solid point important step it's time to (laughs) fix that relationship right now yeah we still work harder yeah we're they'll be fine yeah they're gonna be they'll be thriving living (laughs) exactly yeah they're gonna be yeah fuck but we are so sad yeah d-e-d yeah maybe society would be better if like we all just died died. yeah yeah i know i was thinking that too that's a point on here i was Mm. like i don't know if they should help us maybe it's time for a change yeah (laughs) that's a point (laughs) maybe they should just watch it happen i was like like, that's karma it wouldn't be the worst thing things come back around you know yeah and that's, goes around, goes around. That's, yeah exactly exactly and even though it was you know it was our past <laughs> generations but it's, it's coming back around yeah, it's coming back okay. around we get it that's fine i totally I understand, understand. Mm-hmm. Yep. that's fair <laughs> yeah so gen z's might be like the jesus's of our time they might die for our sins you know they might oh. die and then <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna trigger like, huh? the revolution for everyone else society's gonna fall but then they will die shortly after so uh, yes you know? yes 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 they will get to live to see the new world that they have created mm-hmm. but they so wouldn't have died have in vain yeah, yeah i guess so the babies really can be raised by oh that'd be nice like no ai none of this like oh i was going to space shit like we don't have to worry about those oh kinds God, of things anymore yeah, it's just, the just like hang out on the beach nice. totally <laughs> go for, take a nap Oh. Take a nap. Just take a nap. Yeah. It's like there's literally just nothing else to do. Go get food. <laughs> It'd be so nice. So yeah, that was my point. Straight opinion. No facts. Zero facts. I love None it. of those that were facts. Fun. Don't quote me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's gonna happen. Purely prediction. <laughs> I think those are solid predictions. Thank you. Okay, guys, uh, welcome to the second half of the podcast <laughs> um, um, this week. I'm gonna I'm back in class and, um, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of a, of a lecture, I guess, TED Talk Ooh. kind of situation. Um, so do you remember from a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was talking about this guy, Edward Bernays? So we had this episode about breakfast and I oh, was yeah. talking about this guy, Edward Bernays, who is the nephew of Sigmund Freud. And Sigmund Freud is like right. this uh, philosopher of the time, blah, 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 whatever. So this guy, Edward Bernays. Is he a psychologist? Oh, yeah. He's like a psycho and psychoanalogist or something like that. Um, <laughs> so I think that's actually the word, a psycho, psychoanalyst. He kind of like discovered that field and made it a thing. So mm-hmm. this guy, Edward Bernays, I'm going to like tell you a little bit about from the breakfast episode. He did this whole thing with bacon and he sold a lot more bacon basically than was being sold at the time because at that time people were really obsessed with having a light breakfast and they didn't realize that having like a hearty breakfast was an important thing and Edward Bernays sent out a survey to 1,000 doctors asking they at them if they endorse a hearty breakfast and he didn't give them a definition he just said hearty and they were all like (laughs) yeah sure whatever literally just get this out of my face and then He was like, okay, great. Now I have the doctors behind me. So he kind of like released that to the public, let the world know about it, changed the public opinion on breakfast. And now eggs and bacon is like the go-to breakfast food. And he was also the person who um, did like a, he did these studies or whatever. He would pay people to do studies and then he would frame them to make them look like they were independent studies. That was this guy's idea. Like that Mm. whole thing comes from this dude. Um, 
And then you know I'm also always gonna, yeah. The question is like, you know, when you buy like skincare and it says tested by dermatologists. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what did what they were do? the results? <laughs> what did they think of it? Like, okay, they tested it. Mm-hmm. They used it. Was it good or bad? It does. The bottles. It's failed to say that. Yeah, it's so Approved. bad. And then, like, you look at the ingredients on the back, and the third ingredient is like alcohol, and you're like. What dermatologist tested this and told me that this is okay? Like the dermatologist. But the thing, the, the bottle doesn't say that it's okay. The bottle just says that they tested it. It doesn't yeah. say that they liked it, that they approved <laughs> it, that they endorsed it. Fucking they tested guy. it. Like, great, <laughs> awesome. You. I'll test it right now. <laughs> like, I'll yeah. let you know that it's not fucking working. <laughs> That's so annoying. Ugh. So yeah, all these lies pretty much kind of are birthed from this guy. Uh, pretty much what I'm giving you today is someone to brain blame all your problems on because this dude <laughs> he was kind of low-key the father of capitalism and there okay. and all our problems stem from capitalism so we yeah. can blame all of our problems on Edward Bernays amazing <laughs> I know I kind of love it so I'm gonna um rehash this kind of story also from the breakfast episode I summarized it in a sentence but I'm just gonna go into a little bit more detail now because this was a like whole oh what I thought Before. you just said you summarized a whole <laughs> episode in a sentence i was like oh, that is yikes. that's not, not good actually. for our podcast <laughs> <laughs> i've tried to do that before in public settings where i like Does tell someone work. about theories and it's so bad i absolutely bomb it in like 30 seconds i'm like and uh because of cern uh things are going wrong in the world <laughs> they're like okay uh-huh. <laughs> like it doesn't work good you job, need to listen to courtney's 30 minute episode <laughs> um so um in this time, which was, like, the early 1900s, um, this is kind of, like, a prime example. Like, the bacon is a good example of how manipulative this guy is. But this story is – it literally blew my mind. Like, I was listening to it yesterday, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is crazy. So, in the early 1900s, cigarettes were only a man's thing. And it was not socially acceptable for women to smoke cigarettes in public. I'm, I mean, I don't know about in private. They just said in public. And Edward Bernays was put onto this job because they realized that his psychological like manipulation tactics were so good and he used them on groups of people so effectively that he could change the public opinion about anything. And he needed basically to make women smoke so that they could get that market so that it was it was all motivated by money, obviously. <laughs> um and these tactics that we're talking about are the ones used by Sigmund Freud. So he came up with these kind of uh, philosophy slash psychoanalogist stuff um, where his theory was that humans are suppressing their inner bad side inside of them Mm. or hidden irrational forces. And these hidden irrational forces are completely unknown to our conscious mind. And these forces exist unconsciously, but they affect our daily motivations. So before Mm. Sigmund Freud, everyone thought that people made decisions based on information. But Freud revealed that people actually are suppressing these emotions and we actually make a lot of decisions based on these dark desires, he called them. And sometimes we don't even know the motivation for our own actions. So he listed these like hidden desires yeah isn't that fair and i was like oh shit like i didn't realize that this idea like came from him but like you're secretly motivated by sometimes really dark things right so maybe we are all inherently bad but we're all just suppressing it (laughs) (laughs) so the hidden desires are um sex aggression Aggression. security security self-preservation 
these are the things that he says all human beings secretly want and it's just like brimming right underneath the surface of society and like everyone's like about to about to bust you know <laughs> like everyone's about i to relate to all of those except aggression uh, dude but in uh, guys i don't his, think i have an aggressive phone on my body i don't think i have like a lot of aggression either but then i catch myself in moments of aggression and i'm like where the fuck did that come from <laughs> moments of what are your moments of does aggression? that ever happen you to you okay a so moment of aggression a moment of aggression so let's say like a, a couple weeks ago i was like pretty upset about something and i had this like poster that was rolled up or whatever and I like took the poster and crumpled the edge like a handle and then whacked it on the bed a couple times and I was like that was pretty aggressive <laughs> and but for what and like, like I'm a, a pretty mellow person emotion like I think that's just an emotional reaction to a stressor yeah. in your life I don't think that means you're aggressive I don't yeah. know I don't, yeah that's I true don't. he when later yell goes at me, on I, I shake like I tremble like a little dog like yeah I know. I well, well when aggressive. you're being yelled at, I, well, I think that's something else coming into play. When you're being like yelled at and you feel like yeah. really scared, I think that's kind of a security and self-preservation thing coming to yeah, play. Yeah, I see those ones. Yeah, 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 and those that's are kind of taking control of yourself. So later on, he goes on. Um, Freud goes on to like describe that these these hidden desires are more showing in groups of people than really in individuals. Mm, so he kind of describes like a mob mentality. Almost, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but I mean, I, I'll still show you like through this example of the cigarettes that the mob mentality of like feeling uh, <laughs> like self-preservation, security, kind of aggression a little bit and a little bit of sex. All of these come into play in the cigarette example. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So this is kind of what Bernays was working with. Right. So Sigmund Freud is his uncle. Edward Bernays is his nephew, and they were pretty close when they were living in Vienna, and then Bernays moved to the States, and this is where all of this, like the birth of capitalism pretty much happened, right? <laughs> so um, his first project was to make women smoke, and he hired a different uh, psychoanalysis, one of the first in America, who was also working off of Freud's theories, and asked him to like look into this, like how can he make women smoke? And this psychoanalyst, you may or may not love this, Courtney, told him that women see cigarettes as a symbol of a penis and a symbol of male sexual power because it was only dudes who were smoking. And they, I guess, were being kind of cocky about it. And so to challenge, and in this time, like, women wanted to have rights. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. So crazy. Such a crazy thing Wild. to want. I know, right? Oh what the fuck? You want rights? <laughs> Get out of here. Girl. <laughs> So if he could challenge male power, then women would have their own penises. And it's just interesting that like oh, the psycho analyst was like, women want their own penises. Like that's what women want. Like, I mean, really, I think what they wanted was equality. <laughs> but he was like, they want their own the voting rights. Penises. Like, yeah, literally. I don't think penises were on the top of their minds. No, I mean, it was just about like being equal and having equality. It's fine if they have their vaginas. I don't know if anyone actually... I don't, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so so Bernays, what he did in order to put mm-hmm. this theory to the test was he organized a parade and then he told a group right. of suffragettes. Yeah, he organized an entire parade and he told this group of like 10 women to hide cigarettes in their like coat pockets or whatever and then light them up together at this certain time as an act of protest. And then he told reporters that there would be women lighting up as an act of protest. And then he fed them this line. Cigarettes are the torches of freedom. And 
he fucking got this shit on the front pages of like every newspaper because he hired the journalists he hired the women to do the thing he made this whole parade this whole shebang and he made it look like an act of protest and he sold this was kind of the first time where someone sold the feeling versus the actual product so Mm -hmm. now we do this a lot where like every single fucking ad is targeted at your emotions or targeted at one of these like four kind of like secret desires um So he basically sold the feeling that cigarettes make a woman powerful and make her intelligent and she can be just like a man and she can smoke too. And it's, I love it and I hate it. I mean, like, oh, right? It's so time. smart. It's so smart. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, you fucking asshole. Just hijacking <laughs> feminism, but whatever. <laughs> totally using it for his own good. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> a man is hijacking feminism to sell women things that will give them cancer like yo but also like big t i i also though at the same time do resent the fact that men could smoke and women couldn't (laughs) so like i appreciate it a little bit but i also like hate it so much it's such a conflict of interest (laughs) it's so hard to be like oh you suck but also like cool because was it a move for equality or was it low-key motivated by money like it was it was both of these things (laughs) that's tough yeah it's a hard one eh? um so yeah, I mean, that's these two stories. Like, he did a lot of other shit, which I'll get into, too. But these two, I feel like it's just, like, it, you, you're, the, you're the father of capitalism. Like, okay, you the did mentality. <laughs> yeah, you fucking did it. And then the mentality around consumption um, before Edward Bernays came onto the scene was a mentality that not a lot of us are familiar with today, which is buy only what you need. Um, <laughs> only the what? necessities. I, I don't what know. What does that even mean? You can't just buy what you want. What and, I like... Need? crazy thing is that today we see buying what you want and like and like uh taking giving into your desires as like a symbol of power we're like wow that person can buy whatever they want that is so amazing Mm -hmm. but it's all fake it's all created by this guy this guy instilled this mentality into us that we need to buy what we what we want really during this time people only bought what they needed people only bought the necessities one car was needed uh Mm. things served their purpose and it was good one pair of shoes one winter coat you have two hats one fancy one not fancy you have (laughs) the same six dresses that you wear every week and like you do your laundry once a week and you're good to wear them for those you if you're a man you have like three suits and like one pair of comfortable clothes that you wear around the home you know what i mean and like only when those things were completely used up was when you could buy more because then it was totally acceptable. So this really worried the production companies at the time because it had turned into such a big industry where people were producing and producing and producing that they were afraid that people weren't going to need things anymore or they were just going to need them at a slower rate. And eventually they would buy enough. And I mean, like they would just slow down and shopping for clothes was only needed like once a year twice a year maybe a little bit more if you have kids but either way like you're doing hand-me-downs and stuff like that so Bernays steps into the picture and he represented a whole fucking shit ton of people he represented a bank which opened the first chain stores and then he represented the chain stores and his job his job description was to create the new consumer oh no yeah oh no so he was told to train people to desire what they don't need and that their desires must overshadow their needs so to create this new consumer he did like a bunch of shit which is brand new at the time but to us it's totally useful strategies for advertising he linked products to movie stars he 
showed the movie stars wearing things in magazines. And then the turning point in like fashion, I think, which is, I fucking hate this so much, but like, it's so smart, but like, I hate it. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) he, he aired this fashion show on TV and he like invited a bunch of people. Like he was big on these like big events, parades, whatever, huge shebangs. I love that word today. So he addressed the public. He showed this woman, this actress addressing the public and talking about the psychology of dress. And she said, and I'm going to, I'm going to quote her on this one. You all have interesting characters, but some are hidden by your clothes. I'm sure you're all interesting, but when you're walking down the street, you all look the same. The psychology of dress is expressing yourself through your clothes. Bring out things that are hidden. You bought this not just for need, but to express your inner self to others. And like... This is such a mindfuck. Isn't that so... I hate that. I hate that so much because today, literally, like, that is the whole point of fashion is to express yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And this idea all came because they didn't want production to stop. They just didn't want, like, the economy to slow down. They... You don't need to express yourself through your clothes. People used to express themselves even in the 1900s. But now it's like the only way we can express ourselves is like through clothing. And we're so encouraged and it's such a culture. And it's like if you have boring clothing, then like then like you need to up your style. And it's always about your personal style, your personal style, your personal style. It's it's not always like that. It hasn't always been like that. And it's so crazy. And it's so crazy. So I know this motivation like. Was this a self-preservation motivation? Was this like a security motivation? I was thinking that maybe jealousy kind of played into it because we see other people doing mm-hmm. it, realize it's cool, and we want to jump onto the bandwagon or whatever. And or then just women... like the fear of not being the outsider, you know? I yeah. could see that as being like security, self-preservation. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 100%. And then um, there was also like this clip in this thing I was watching of this girl who <laughs> like wore a short skirt for the first time. And this guy was like, why are you wearing that? And she's like well like there's just more to see and he's like yeah but what does that do for you and she's like it makes you more attractive (laughs) and these are the (laughs) shit that they would play it's like this woman surrounded by men and this was like an advertisement and they would be like yeah like more to see like wow you're like you're you're wearing like different clothing like you really stand out blah 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 all this stuff yeah and like the fast fashion problems that we're facing today and like all the people suffering from fast fashion and the planet suffering from fast fashion <laughs> stem down to this dude telling oh us to God. express ourselves. <laughs> That's why we have language. Guys. That's what language is for. To express yourself. Yes. <laughs> we don't need to express ourselves in every single thing that you can visually see and like it's just crazy because now we have so many clothes but nothing to wear Mm -hmm. people used to have five outfits and always look stylish like if you look back on photos of people i would always be like what a cute outfit they would have literally days do i file through all of my clothes being like there's nothing here you can't wear anything (laughs) (laughs) and now like we're stuck in this thing where no one has money because we buy crappy clothes we wear twice and then we spend more because the trends have changed or because the clothes are now like completely useless the things aren't as high quality anymore because people need to express themselves so badly oh man he would have been either so proud or so horrified at how far we've come (laughs) he sounds like like the bezos of his time yes i totally agree and something interesting actually is that sigmund freud his uncle 
actually was not proud. And he did not oh. approve, yeah, of the way that his nephew was using his teachings. For Freud, oh. he hated the American way, and he would cringe and, like, turn away at, and, like, be like, oh, wow, that's, oh. like, yeah, yeah, about how uh, Edward was using, like, his tactics and stuff. And he hated how money-hungry Edward was and how exploitative he was. And Same. when... Right. And when um, Edward Bernays asked Sigmund Freud to publish the books he wrote, Sigmund denied him until near the end of his life when he actually needed the money to pay for medical bills because he had uh, jaw cancer and he had no other choice but to start selling his books and to start. And his like, nephew doing- wouldn't help him? His nephew, I don't know. His <laughs> nephew? Creative <laughs> capitalism? Well, okay, actually, um, this was like a little bit later in this kind of area, but this this timing was all kind of like rough because they they did this whole huge thing up until 1929 and then the stock market crashed. And then in yeah. 1935 is when Sigmund Freud passed away or 1939 mm-hmm. or something. So Edward Bernays was actually Stranger broke recession. at this time. So yeah. he needed to like kind of like publish the books and like sell the books and stuff like that. Um. So to get a little bit dark too here, to follow in this little path, a lot of these books <laughs> books published by Bernays, like you guys know what timeline we're in, we're like nearing the Second World War. So a lot of these books oh. who Bernays wrote and were influenced by Freud's theories were found used by Joseph Goebbels, who was Hitler's PR guy. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Freud in his books would talk about the frightening things that could happen when people are in mobs or large groups. And he would talk uh-huh. about these mentalities taking over, these four like deep, dark desires. And the they would just completely be in like a groupthink scenario. And they would pass the desire onto the leader and the aggression would be held for anybody outside of the group. And Freud wrote this as a warning, but Nazis were using it deliberately and they believed that they could control people like through these ideals. And that's the, just what they wanted to do at the time. They also like hated democracy and stuff. They thought it was the fault. If they thought it was democracy's fault that there was a depression and there was a stock market crash. But yeah. Um, so this kind of brings me to my next point. I don't want to talk about Nazis anymore. Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on. But do you ever think about like how different life would be without like one night of fun? You know, like two people just had like a night of fun and then they produced this child and that child sing- single-handedly created the holocaust yeah and capitalism that one person <laughs> like imagine how different our Holy lives would be without shit. him i know right wow. oh my god like do you That's think crazy. someone would have stumbled upon capitalism at some point if it I wasn't don't... if like sigmund freud or if like this guy like I wasn't think it a was thing? already going it like, was, like, yeah. I think the Industrial Revolution was, like, the big trigger of capitalism. Mm-hmm. It seems like the marketing part was, like, largely influenced here. Yeah. Big I feel like time, somebody would have figured that out. Eventually, they would have figured out, like, but, like the Nazi the mentalities thing. and stuff. I know. Like, your ideas <laughs> led directly to genocide. Yeah. That's not a company for you. It is super shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad for him. So Bernays somehow managed to convince people that democracy, because people like love democracy, you know, because like before that, everything was very much dictatorships and they were like, we need a democracy. And he convinced people that democracy was only possible in a capitalist society where goods uh. are at the center. So, if, for example, 
everyone gets a TV, you know? And I guess this idea of democracy is that, like, everybody is equal and everybody gets a vote and everybody gets a say and everyone is a participating person, right? So everybody gets a wireless phone, then that is democracy. And that is directly inferred inferred from capitalism. Is that crazy? That whole, that whole like, reasoning kind of confuses me, though, because, like, that reasoning is also in line with communism yeah where communism it's... like directly rejects capitalism yeah that's such right? a good point everybody yeah. gets the same thing everybody gets a tv the worker owns the means of production like yeah it's I'm interesting sorry, how nobody was like no no anymore. no it's interesting how nobody in that time was like there's other ways to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Not just like capitalism is the only way to have a democracy. He was like a crazy freaking dude. He, he had this whole fair. He had this whole thing showing like how great America is like through products. And like, I don't even, I don't know how he did it. I really don't know how he did it. Like the Greeks, (laughs) they, they created democracy. They did not have capitalism. How do you think it was created? Like people were brainwashed, dude. Other ways. People still are brainwashed. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, I think this is such an important thing to know is that like how these things all came about and how we are functioning in the democracy that we have today and like how everything started because you can really realize that every single second you're kind of being manipulated and you're being told to like thought a certain (laughs) thing. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I think it's important to know. (laughs) Oh, man. So yeah, he he, a little. We're getting there. Um, a little bit uh, closer to the end here. He said that by constantly triggering people's deep desires and then subduing them by giving them products, leadership can go on to do what they need to do, and the people, Fair the enough. people's dark desires have been subdued, and like they have been pacified. This is this is, the, the, this is like a rebranded Marxism. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like the, you know, the working class is distracted and can't come together to overthrow the people in power. Like, they're subduing the working class with product so that they can go and do what they need to do. This is rebranded Marxism. Oh, (laughs) my God. I, yes. Daddy Marx, I'm telling you, Daddy Marx is in everything. He really is. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy. And he did come before these dudes. So, I mean. I can probably with 100% certainty say that Sigmund Freud probably did read Marxist theory and like probably got a lot of his ideas kind of from this situation, 100%. (laughs) So yeah, Eddie, good old Eddie Bernie and Uncle Siggy created the framework for capitalism. And now you have someone to throw your anger at. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it just hasn't, it just hasn't always been like this. And like, you don't need to buy stuff all the time. You don't need to keep up with the competition. I mean, I know, like, you, you do feel like you need to because of these dark desires brimming at the surface of your unconscious. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, in the end, Freud was not happy with how things turned out and how his mm-hmm. research was used. Aww. He was super pessimistic towards society. He would often retreat to his little place in the alps that he owned because he lived in vienna so he was i don't know what the alps are mountains um (laughs) so he would be living there on his own like and then eventually he had to like escape because of the war and then he passed away and he he passed away like really unhappy with how things turned out he was 
ups- he was upset that there was like no escaping society because he felt like people would always be discontent because they were forced to suppress their animal desires and he was disappointed and it's kind of interesting because he was disappointed in his nephew and then mm-hmm. Bernays was like proud of his work f- for certain actions that he did like uh, yeah. for example he brought politicians to the level of celebrities and made them more accessible and made people i don't know if that's Great. a good thing or a bad thing but it made them that's how it Trump made people was yeah, yeah low-key yeah oh, fuck. but i guess it made people more participatory and more <laughs> aware of politics so it could be a good thing in some mm-hmm. cases um but otherwise like after the war he was generally also disappointed in how his ideas were being used for propaganda and for control so kind of sad <laughs> yeah but i also at the same time don't really like get why he would publish all these books and all this knowledge like i like that he did because otherwise we we wouldn't have this talk and we wouldn't have this conversation like without the fact that he did publish so many books but like mm-hmm. s- they only thought that these ideas could be used for positive things and it's yeah. like there's such strong ideas and if you can do like a positive thing to a group of people which is like for example causing all women to start smoking yeah that's a lot of power like how can you not foresee that it's going to be used for evil yeah it's especially freud 100%. like well freud knew the whole time bernays was like no it's fine <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep doing oh. it i know so in the end um i think that as powerful as Bernays was, mm-hmm. um, he actually was also chasing those like deep desires and motivators. Yeah, he got caught in his own trap. He was he not was self-aware ha- enough. No, you know, he wasn't as pessimistic as his uncle. He sh- maybe he should have been. <laughs> maybe Here's he wouldn't have published those books. Here's a hot take: Sigmund Freud is a Gen Z. He might be. He has a lot of problems. in society, knows yeah. that everyone's discontent, withdrew himself, wanted to overthrow the current world order, thinks that everyone needs to return to, like, animal instincts. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a thought. Whoa. Very self-aware. I love that. Yeah, he was super self-aware. He knew what was what was going on. And he knew about the mob mentality and he knew about, like, everything. And, yeah, for, for Bernays, it was just, like, never enough. He just kept chasing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, same. And like, now, nothing now is now ever enough. For us. And now we, we go to a nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. We go to a nine to five and we love to buy things and it's never enough. Like no. I, I, we're always on the search for more clothes. We're always on the search for something new, something interesting. And now we just kind of live like this dude used to live. Like he literally just got caught in his own psychological trap. Um, yeah. Whatever. On that, on that deep note. Fuck yeah. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys about, about, yeah. About Mr. Bernays and about all this I didn't, shit. That I've never heard of him. I can't. Me neither. I was like, ah, so history's cool, done right? a good job at covering that one up. Yeah, yet he has so many books, so many books out about like the the things that he did. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, I should source this. So this uh maybe like seventy percent of this information was from yeah. this movie on YouTube called Happiness Machines. Um. Mm. So yeah, if you want to look it up, it's like. 48 minutes long or something like that and it's pretty interesting it like goes into other ideas about like the stock market and like a little bit about the depression and like all this kind of stuff but that, i mean that was a little bit irrelevant for me and it goes deeper into world <laughs> war ii too if you want to know more yeah. about that you can definitely yeah. like look into it 
but yeah it was a really really good movie it has like 1.8 million views so maybe some wow. of you have seen it yeah <laughs> it's a five part or two a little long for me but i just saw the first part <laughs> so yeah so now you have someone to throw all your anger at and Thanks. i mean yeah no problem no problem and don't feel too guilty about it because he he feels bad about what he did to society but like he doesn't feel that bad you know he still did it (laughs) yeah it's not your fault it's not your fault it's his fault yeah blame him for all your problems (laughs) and bezos you can you can blame bezos yeah and bezos i wonder if someday bezos is gonna be like oh i fucked up i'm so disappointed in what i did to humanity i wonder if people would think it's genuine maybe at the time people didn't think that bernays was being genuine about how he was disappointed in like what he had done and how he was ultimately unhappy with how his strategies were used people saw him as a superficial the only so way that i would see it as genuine if like jeff bezos was like oh i fucked up was if he actually like actioned to change but he yeah. did because he has the capacity to do it That's he has the point. money to yeah yeah fix all of the problems and more so, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> there is still room for forgiveness, Jeffrey Bezos, if you're listening. <laughs> Which I know you are. I know you like this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening this week, you guys. Thank you for listening to Courtney's opinion on how uh, Gen Z is amazing but will not survive the fall of society that they perpetuated. And thank you for listening to um, my TED Talk about Edward Bernays and about all the stuff that he did for capitalism slash against the world because now we live in capitalism. And uh, let us know what you think. You can find us on Instagram at very.unimportant.people. You can email us at hatersclickhere at gmail.com and that's h eight trs click here at gmail.com <laughs> and you can also find us on twitter at v unimportant ppl and you can find us on tiktok as well please do your best to find us on tiktok <laughs> we're waiting yeah we're still waiting and that's all for us this week enjoy the rest of your day and have a great <laughs>